All right. So, um, get on with this uh, live stream and uh, talk about Fauci and his farewell briefing and briefing and how did that go? Let's talk about it. Talk radio live in 4K. Let's get into it. Advisor, a man both loved and hated in a way, loved because of his no-nonsense approach to public health and hated because of his flip-flops as the face of America's pandemic response. For his admirers, he is a hero. For his critics, he is a villain. And both sides have become active once again. And why is that? Because Anthony Fauci is set to hang his lab coat. Next month, he will retire from public service to start the next chapter of his life. The 81-year-old currently serves as the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden and the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. In December, he will be leaving both the positions after advising over seven presidents in a career spanning four decades. On Tuesday, he spoke about this in detail at his final White House briefing, a briefing that has now kicked a firestorm online. We'll tell you why in just a bit. First, let's listen to some of Dr. Anthony Fauci's remarks on his retirement. I'll let other people judge the value or not of my accomplishments, but what I would like people to remember about what I've done is that every day for all of those years, I've given it everything that I have and I've never left anything on the field. So I don't want to see anybody get infected. I don't want to see anybody hospitalized. And I don't want to see anybody die from COVID. Whether you're a far-right Republican or a far-left Democrat, it doesn't make any difference to me. The way you counter misinformation and disinformation is that to do whatever you can, as often as you can, to provide correct information. And I want to repeat some remarks that stayed with me. I have never left anything on the field. The way you counter misinformation is by providing correct information. Now, those are impressive statements. But does Dr. Fauci actually practice what he preaches? And that is the question that his critics are asking. And here's why. As soon as Dr. Fauci concluded his monologue, a journalist tried asking him what he had done to personally probe the origins of the coronavirus. And soon enough, she was joined by other reporters who shouted out similar questions at Dr. Fauci. Fauci did not answer any of them. Instead, he let someone else do his job. Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, she jumped in and interrupted the reporters, telling them that they were being disrespectful. You must watch this. We have a process here. I'm not calling out on people who yell. And you're being, you're being, you're being disrespectful to your colleagues and you're being disrespectful to our guests. I will not call on you if you yell and also, you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. She's the attack dog. 
There was no yelling there. He asked a simple question and Fauci refused to answer it. He just left because that's her job to be the attack dog. And she really doesn't know anything. She's just there to be a nice puppet. That's it. I th I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, she's only thirty questions. question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. She's the best person. I, to I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is a disrespectful. It, it is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. Go ahead. Only 13% of it. Well, you heard that. We are not doing this the way you want it. When was the last time you heard reporters being told this? Wasn't that exactly how the Trump White House would function? My point is simple. The Democrats who take pride in upholding freedom of speech are indulging in the same tactics that they once accused the Republicans of. Why couldn't they just let Dr. Fauci take those questions? It's not that he hasn't faced those questions earlier. Throughout the last two years, he has been grilled on the origins of COVID-19 from lawmakers to reporters to Fauci's fellow scientists, and that's time and again. They have all questioned him on his efforts to probe the origins of COVID-19. Answering them is his job as the face of America's COVID-19 response efforts. In any case, the issue is not dying down soon. Look at the headline on your screen. It's from August. This is when Republican lawmakers had vowed to make Dr. Fauci testify on the origins of the virus if they were to win a majority in the House of Representatives. And guess what? Not only have the Republicans secured a majority in the House, but they are looking to execute their vow. That is, investigating Dr. Fauci over COVID-19, making him answerable before a committee. It's not a question of if, but when. So whenever the probe begins, what can we expect from it? To answer that, we'll have to look at Dr. Fauci's track record on the COVID-19 origins. It is a sorry tale of U-turns, and flip-flops. In May 2020, Dr. Fauci ruled out the lab leak theory. He said in an interview, and I'm quoting, this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. All signs indicate the virus evolved in nature and then jumped species. In March 2021, he again brushed aside the lab leak theory, calling the remarks of ex-CDC director on it an opinion. The former CDC director, Robert Redfield, remember, had said the virus originated from a lab. And this is what Dr. Fauci said in response. Obviously, there are a number of theories. Dr. Redfield was mentioning that he was uh, giving an opinion as to a possibility. But again, there are other alternatives others that most people hold by. 
And two months later, when 18 prominent American scientists published a letter and said that the natural spread and a lab accident were both viable explanations, Dr. Fauci took a U-turn and said this, I'm quoting, I am not convinced COVID came about naturally. The U.S. should continue to investigate what went on in China until we continue to find out to the best of our... So the man was lying the whole time. This man flip-flops. I hope he's able to be prosecuted, but I doubt there'll be any justice. I doubt there'll be any justice for the families. I doubt there'll be any justice for people who have lost loved ones during these two years. ...what happened. And then in June, Dr. Fauci again spelled out his dilemma and said that there could have been other origins of COVID-19. Let me quote once again, the most likely origin is from an animal species to a human, but I keep an absolutely open mind and there may be other origins. It could have been a lab leak. Now, here's the thing. Good science takes time. It took scientists months to come up with a vaccine. Months more to realize that the virus could have been made in a lab. In an ideal world, Dr. Fauci could be forgiven for his flip-flop on the COVID-19 origins. But we don't live in an ideal world, especially not the Americans. They are living in a time of polarization misinformation, fear of science, and vendetta politics. Dr. Anthony Fauci could be a victim of all four. I'm not saying this, surveys are. Back in 2021, a poll was conducted. It asked Americans what they thought about Fauci's remarks on COVID-19 origins, whether he has been truthful or whether he has misled the public. And this is what the survey showed. Nearly 61% of the voters said Dr. Fauci was truthful to the public concerning how the pandemic started. In contrast, 39% of the respondents said the country's leading infectious disease expert had misled the public. And around the same time, another poll was conducted. It asked Americans if they believe COVID-19 was created in a lab. And this is what the survey showed. Only 31% of Americans said they thought the virus had evolved from nature. But a whopping 60% believed that it was created at the Wuhan lab in China. What does that tell you? That yes, most Americans agree. There was uh, American government, the American military has investments in bio labs in China. That's also true. The virus could have been man-made, but they also disagree on whether Dr. Fauci was truthful about this. Blame his incoherent messaging, the polarized coverage of COVID-19, or just his differences with the Republican Party. There is no way Dr. Fauci is going to escape this debate anytime soon. He, he won't. He won't be escaping it anytime soon because people are not going to let that happen. They are definitely not going to let that happen at all. All right. He's not getting away with it. People will make sure of it. There's too many, too much has happened. Okay. And people are out for blood now. People are out for blood. People have buried loved ones okay they're not having this 
at all. They are not going to let this go. No matter what you say, there is nothing to let this go. And plus, this information has come out already right now. Okay? Vaccine Americans, a majority of COVID deaths for the first time in August analysis. Kaiser Family Foundation says we can no longer say this pandemic is of the unvaccinated. This is Fox News. For the first time since the beginning of the pandemic, the majority of Americans dying from the coronavirus were at least partially vaccinated, according to new analysis of federal and state data. The waning efficiency of the COVID uh, uh, vaccines and increasingly contagious strains of the virus being spread to elderly and immunocompromised people have resulted in more deaths among those who have taken at least one vaccine dose. A Washington Post analysis published Wednesday finds 58% of the coronavirus deaths in August were people who were vaccinated or boosted in the report. The paper described a troubling trend as the share of deaths of people who are vaccinated have been steadily rising over the past year. Since September 2020, vaccinated people made up just 23% of the coronavirus fatalities. In January and February this year, it was up to 42% of Washington's Post, Bennett, Naropil, and Dan Keating wrote. We can no longer say the pandemic is of the unvaccinated, said Casey Family Foundation Vice President Cynthia Cox, who conducted the analysis on behalf of the Post. Top health officials have repeatedly urged Americans to complete, to complete their primary vaccine series and get boosted maximize their vaccine protection of the one-niner. At a press briefing Tuesday, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator D, I'm sorry, Dr. Ashish Juha unveiled the Biden administration new six-week sprint campaign in American. That's a Hold on one second. Set a people's hand. Hold on one second. Okay, good. At a press briefing Tuesday, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Dr. Ashish Jeha unveiled the Biden administration's new six-week sprint campaign in Americans vaccinated this holiday season. Bottom line is that we're doing everything we can in the next six weeks to help families get the updated shots by the end of the year because it's the protection for the winter, Jeha said, adding that the latest iteration of the COVID-19 vaccine is once-a-year once shot, similar to the flu shot. Outgoing White House medical advisor, Anthony, Dr. Anthony Fauci, also spoke in Tuesday's press briefing where he delivered his final message before stepping down at the end of the year. Okay. Fauci emphasized the safety of the efficiency of the approved vaccines and of preventing severe illness and death and encouraged Americans to get the shot and boost as soon as possible. He noted coronavirus, coronavirus vaccine effectiveness wanes over time and said the disease shouldn't be compared to other vaccine critical illnesses like measles because new emerging variants new emerging variants every few months. My message and final message may be the final message I give you from this podium is that please, for your own safety and for that of your family, get updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you are eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Fauci said, I urge you to visit the vaccine.gov to find a location where you can easily get an updated vaccine and please do this as soon as possible. Multiple medical experts, including Dr. Fauci and Dr. Deborah Briggs, have acknowledged that the coronavirus vaccine do not necessarily protect people 
against the infection transmission. So what's the point of getting it? Despite this, several people, including Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Bapedo, were criticized for suggesting that the COVID vaccines were not effective as original claimed. And they claimed in October, a New York State Supreme Court ordered all employees who were fired because of the university's vaccine mandate to be reinstated with back pay, finding that the being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. A lot of lawsuits should be on hand. People need to lawyer up. That's what they need to do. They need to lawyer up because this is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, that they have to go through this. It's really sad. It really is. And um, my thoughts and prayers to the family, man, to their families who have suffered, okay, during these horrible times, all right? Because you didn't ask for this. You did not ask for this at all. And this is your fate. Unfortunately, this is your fate that you have to deal with, that you have to suffer because of the incompetence Okay, of people who don't really care about you, who are unethical. That's what happened here. And unfortunately, it's not going to stop. It is not going to stop. That's the unfortunate thing. On to the next story. All right. Stock up on bottled water and canned food, officials tell Germany. Such suppliers may come in handy if there are power cuts, the civil protection head says. Oh, boy. German residents should prepare for a short-term power outages this winter. Federal Office for Civil Protection and Disaster Relief, BBK, head Ralph Teaser, has warned in an interview with news outlet Wealth Sontag. We have to assume that there will be blackouts this winter. By that, I mean a regional and temporary interruption in the power supply. The cause will not only be energy sources, but also targeted temporary shutdown of the networks by the operators with the aim of protecting the networks and not endangering the overall supply, Tesla stated. We noted that the risk of blackouts would be higher in January and February, according to the official and the local authorities, and many German municipalities are prepared for the possibility of blackouts, having developed precise plans and procured emergency generators to ensure the power supply. However, some municipalities are in much worse position. We expect short-term blackouts rather than long-lasting, large-scale blackouts. Good preparation is important for that, too. Tesla advised residents and officials alike to prepare for such events, mainly by stocking up on supply. Primarily water, several crates, 
and canned food. That would be enough for 10 days. That's what my agency recommends. Our message is prepare in the first place. Be prepared for possible crisis. Don't assume that everything will be readily available all the time. He stated, adding that in addition to food and water, several days, residents should purchase battery-powered radios and candles. Tesla noted that his agency has a list of suggestions for residents to prepare for emergency situations such as blackouts on the website. German, in Germany is facing the prospect of blackouts due to the drop in gas supplies from Russia, while it initially wanted to decouple its economy from Russian gas gradually. The flow from Russia was curbed much earlier than planned due to Ukraine-related sanctions and the explosions in September that rendered inoperable Nord Stream 1 pipeline, a key route for Russian gas to reach Europe. Despite gas storage facilities in the country being really full, experts are still concerned that this stockpile might not be enough to last the country through the winter. Uh, I don't know what to say, man. This is going to be one tough winter. One tough winter. Okay? And people are going to suffer. All right? It's frightening. But that is what's going on. That is what's going on right now. Okay? Let's talk about uh, Nazis. Let's, let's talk about that. Seems there's been a Nazi problem in Europe. They, uh, one that is uh, a huge problem. All right. Italian cops take down a cult neo-Nazi group preparing violent attacks. Hmm. The Order of Hagel reportedly had significant inter international contacts with overseas training links to Ukraine militants and even claimed to be, have met with former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Whoa. Police, this is what they had here, all right? A police hideout image from the earlier raids on the network in October this year, photos supplied. A militant neo-Nazi group raided by Italian anti-terror police this week was ready to carry out violent attacks and had numerous transnational connections, including a member who claimed to have met with Donald Trump's former advisor, Steve Bannon, according to media reports citing police. Italian police said on Tuesday, they had arrested five members of a white supremacist terror organization called the Order of Hagel, which has, was based in Mary Galano in the province of Naples and promoted a cult neo-Nazi Holocaust denial and anti-vax ideology. Four men aged between 47 and 25 were arrested on the grounds of association for the purpose of terrorism or subversion of the democratic order, police said. While a fifth was arrested for decimating propaganda and instigating crimes on the ground of racial, ethnic, and religious discrimination, Italian former right expert Francisco Marone, an assistant professor of political science at the University of Taramo, said the group was named after a room that was widely used by the Nazi SS, supposedly symbolizing faith in the ideology of the Third Reich. While the Order of Hagel present 
presented a relatively benign face to the public, present, representing itself as being a kind of social spiritual mission with social media posts referring to its fight for values for your children and for divine beauty. Online discussion channels were full of anti-Semitism conspiracy theories, and members discussed the work of notorious white supremacist terrorists. These core members of the group were involved in even more extreme activities. Police said the group took part in the regular paramilitary training, including course overseas, um, reportedly in Poland, where members received hand-to-hand combat and firearms training. Members of the group were ready to take violent action against police and civilian targets, according to reports. With intercept communications revealing one member talking about carrying out a massacre like the one in New Zealand at a police barracks in Maragallano, a reference to a terrorist attack upon two mosques in Christchurch in 2019 that killed 51 people, and another speaking of attacks attacking a shopping a shopping center in Naples. Wow, crazy. The group's international links reportedly extended beyond the foreign training camps. Italian media reports citing police said the group had direct contacts with a number of Ukrainian ultra-nationalist groups, including Azov, right sector, Azov Battalion, and that one of the suspects police had not been able to locate was a Ukrainian citizen who believed was to be in his homeland fighting the Russian invasion with one of these armed groups. Moreover, one of the arrested men, 25-year-old Chiapiro Testa, also claimed to have met with the American alt-right ideology Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's former chief strategist, during a visit to Trasalti, sprawling 13th-century Italian monastery where Bannon was attempting to set up a right-wing think tank. In 2018, Bannon announced his plans to set up the think tank, the Academy of Judeo-Christian West, to train a new generation of European nationalists in his right-wing populist ideology. Through the Dignitatis Humaning Institute, PHI, a conservative Catholic institution founded by his British associate, Benjamin Harnwell, the DHI was evicted from the monastery, a listed national monument last year, following a protracted legal battle with Harnell facing on ongoing criminal prosecution for fraud in relation to the project. He denies any wrongdoing. Italian newspaper Domani reported that in Testa's intercepted communications detailed in police reports, the alleged extremists had spoken of a visit he had made to the Trasulti Chatterhouse, where he claimed to have met both Bannon and Arnold. The report noted that Testa had read a book outlining Bannon's political ideology and that the trip to Trasulti had been funded through unspecified sources. Asked about the report, Chanel told Vice World News he cannot rule out having met with Testa or his associates, but said their names did not appear in any of his texts or email records. When I was based on Trichalti, I met with the literally thousands of great people who made the visit to the monastery interested to know more about our project, he wrote in an email. I have no reference to their names in any of my emails or texts, but I obviously can't say categorically I have never met them. I have never heard of any order of haggle. He said that he might have at least vaguely remembered anyone who claimed to be a neo-Nazi. Of course, perhaps they're not Nazis at all, but simply great patriots the communists want to destroy, he continued. I have been publicly accused of being a Nazi and a fascist. It's all BS intimidation tactics of the left. 
He claimed that Bannon would not have met anyone from the group as his business world always private and unannounced for security reasons. And he never had external meetings organized at Trisalti. Bannon is currently appealing two convictions of contempt for, of Congress for resulting to comply, refusing to comply with a subpoena to appear before the Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. A spokesperson for Bannon did not respond to Vice World News questions about the reports. Far-right expert Marone, who is also an associate research fellow at the Italian Institute for the International Political Studies, told Vice World News that the order of Hagel arrest underlined how Italian right-wing, hold on one second, how Italian right-wing extremists were increasingly inspired by the accelerationist ideology prevailed in the transnational white supremacist scene with would be a terrorist explicitly seeking to emulate mass murderers like Anders Bernhard Brevik, who murdered 77 people in Norway in 2011, or Martin Tarrant, the gunman who killed 51 people in New Zealand in 2019. Other cases in Italy inspired by the same forces include a 22-year-old neo-Nazi insult arrested in Savona in January 21 who was inspired by the U.S. neo-Nazi acceleration group Otto Waffen Division, and 23-year-old arrested in Gilia last month, who was allegedly a member of the U.S. neo-Nazi group, The Base, and was found with the names of Rick and Tarrant painted on his weapons. This stuff is not a game, man. This stuff is, you got the Order of the Black Sun here, all right, got the Nazi swastika here. These people are not playing games, man. They are not playing games. And they want to hurt people, okay? This is not a game. This is some really uh, scary people that want war. They want war, they want to dominate, and they want to kill people. All right, especially minorities. Ukraine is very dangerous, extremely dangerous. And it scares me how many people are blind and want to support Ukraine, especially minorities. Going over there, getting blown up for what? For nothing, for defending white supremacists? I mean, they're not even... They, these people don't care. They violate anything. They recognize no law, all right? Ukrainian refugees, they go to different parts of European nations and they create havoc. No type of law, no type of code of ethics, anything like that. All right? I can't even show you the videos of how they deal with Russian prisoners. Can't even show you that because they, they're monsters. I'll put it that way.
Ukraine is investigating alleged prisoner shooting video. Not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In Kiev, Ukraine, Ukrainian authorities said Tuesday they were investigating the conduct. <clears throat> Russian, the, the investigating the conduct of Russian troops who appeared in the video that Moscow sh showed them trying to surrender, then being shot. Video fragments circulated on Russian social media last week that Moscow alleged showed the Ukrainian forces killed Russian troops who might have been trying to surrender after one of them, one of the men seemingly refused to lay down his weapon and open fire. Ukraine's prosecutor general office said in a statement Tuesday that a probe has been launched on charges of violating the laws or customs of the war over what they said was feigning surrender and opening fire on the soldiers of the armed forces of Ukraine by the Russian service. The move comes after Russian authorities announced their own criminal investigation based on snippets posted on Russian Telegram channels and relaying on the social media. They present a muddled and incomplete picture. Russian Foreign Minister spokeswoman Maria Zakharova claimed the footage was shown, shows an execution and said Russia wants an international probe. Alja Stefan Sisha, Ukraine's deputy prime minister, overseeing the country's push to join the European Union, said last weekend that it is very unlikely that the short edited snippets show what Moscow claims. She said that Ukrainian forces are under direct orders to take as many prisoners as possible so they can be swapped in prisoner exchanges with Russia. I remember that. Ukraine's presidential advisor, Mikhailo Podolayak, said in an interview Tuesday that Kyiv has a full version of the video which intends to be released at some point. Podolakov argued that the full video showed the Russian troops indeed intended to surrender and some opened fire at Ukrainians who were trying to carry out the procedure of surrendering. Mm. The full video, the official said, showed two Russian servicemen come out start shooting at people, at Ukrainian servicemen. Orlok said, there's a bit of blur on the second character, but one is clearly visible. Les Van Chak, the U.S. ambassador at a large for global criminal justice, told reporters on Monday, it is really important to emphasize that the laws of war apply to all parties equally, both the aggressors, state, and the defender state. When it comes to the war in Ukraine, that's really where the equivalency ends. When we're looking at the sheer scale of criminality exhibited by Russian forces, it's, enorm it's enormous compared to the allegations we have seen against Ukrainians. That's what I said. Hmm. Yeah, as usual, they're trying to paint Russia as the victims. As usual. But, hey, Ukraine could, you know, Ukraine can smash a Russian Christmas head with a sledgehammer. Oh, they won't tell you that. They won't say that. They definitely won't say that. Okay. But uh, there's a lot more. Okay. Is extremely a lot more.
Here we go. Okay. Russian Foreign Minister Spokesperson Maria Zucker um, on the mass of the, I'm sorry, on the footage of mass execution of Russian prisoners by the Ukrainian army. Okay. We demand an international, uh, we demand from international organizations to condemn this erroneous crime, to conduct a thorough investigation of it, he said in a statement. We have repeatedly drawn the attention of the international community to the cruel and inhumane attitude of the Ukrainian side towards the determined Russian servicemen. <clears throat> Sorry. One second. Yeah, the videos regularly distributed by the militants of the armed forces of Ukraine themselves showed murderers, torture, abuse, beatings committed by them. The spokesperson added, all this evidence of crimes was ignored by the collective West, which actively supports key everything. Such approval from the US and European curators makes them accomplices in what the Ukraine neo-Nazis they, they foster are doing. She further noted. All right. Self-determination, referenda, and the rights of minorities in Donbass, analysis of UN expert. In the wake of the controversies and heated debate generated in the wake of the referenda held last September in the regions of Donbass, it became necessary to get some clarity legal issues surrounding this event. A graduate of Harvard Law, Dr. Alfred Dizea served in the first UN independent expert on the promotion of a democratic and equitable international order appointed by the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council from 2012 to 2018. He worked with the United Nations from 1981 to 2003 as a senior lawyer with the office of the UN High Commissioner or Human Rights Secretary of the UN Human Rights Committee and the Chief of Attention. All right. And now we're going to hear from uh, one of the people talking about what's going on. In How was it there, here, all this time for eight years, the ninth year in a row, they were firing at us, okay? They burned all our houses, nothing remained intact. A pensioner from Liberty Zasko in the DPR on how the Ukrainian military imposed a cult of Nazi collaborator Bandera under their, under their rule. From over there to the other side, everything was hitting us. All the houses were burning, everything was I see, but this sign Bandera will come. He will put things in order. Who wrote it? Some Banderades did. They have been they have been many of them coming here for over eight years. Yeah, the, the, they're tortured, they're horrible. These Ukrainian military, they're terrorizing their own people. Their own people. 
Okay, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. And mainstream media is making it out like the Ukrainians are the heroes. Like they're the ones that are strong fighting big bad Russia when they're terrorizing their own countrymen. That is what they're doing. And it's sad. It really is. All right. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Natalia Bryant and an ins and fortunately, fortunately, she's dealing with an incel. Even women that have good money, high value, they're not safe from incels. Unfortunately. They say were sent to her on social media. Plus, at least two incidents where the man allegedly went to campus to find her. KKL 9's Jake Reiner is live at USC with the disturbing details for us. Jake. Juan and Susie, according to court records, this man tried to contact Natalia Bryant over the course of two years, even coming here to USC to try to find her. Natalia Bryant, the 19-year-old daughter of the late Kobe Bryant, was 17 at the time. She says she began being harassed and stalked by a man in his 30s. So her attorneys filed a request for a temporary restraining order Monday. The priority for now is the petitioner um, has to, Natalia and her lawyers uh, have to uh, have to find this guy and serve him with the papers. Legal analyst Steve Meister says in temporary restraining orders, usually what someone files when they feel they're in immediate danger. It's asking a court to issue a hearing and put another date on the calendar a few weeks down the road for a hearing about whether that temporary order will become permanent. And permanent doesn't mean forever. Permanent means three years. According to the petition, Bryant contends this man had delusions of being in a romantic relationship with her and sent her numerous messages, including this DM in October, saying, quote, get better, boo. Looking forward to coming home and taking care of you. I this is why I say women have to start learning to carry firearms. Because restraining orders are just a piece of paper. You need firearms. You need armed security. And you need... Another thing is like, when you're in her position, social media is not an option. Hate to say it that way. Social media is nearly not an option. And you really have to keep your, your social media on private, super private, if you want to have that. Because this is what she's going to have to deal with. But she's going to have to learn to carry uh, firearms. I'm off tomorrow and wouldn't mind seeing you. That's if you want to see me, though. He also allegedly showed up at USC's campus with flowers looking for Bryant, who attends the university. She subsequently filed a police report, which Meister says could help her case. Let's assume a police report was made in good faith. 
it also lends credence to the petitioner's argument that she genuinely feels concerned for her safety and her well-being and she was concerned enough to go to the police. The documents also allege that the man is a gun enthusiast with multiple misdemeanor arrests on his record and a number of gun-toting posts on social media. The filing requests that this man stay at least 200 yards away from Natalia Bryant. A hearing has been set for December 13th, and I reached out to Bryant's legal team, but have yet to hear back. Report. <sighs> I don't know. She's going to have to like go to school online. That's what she's going to have to do. Forget the social life. You're going to have to go to school online. And you're going to have to learn. Like I said, it's, it's sad she has to do this, but that's what she's going to have to do. And may, hopefully she'll have some strong male relatives <clears throat> that will move in with her. I'm serious. I'm not joking. That's going to help her out in this situation. That's what's going to have to happen. It's not a game. Social media has made it very easy for incels to stalk women. And this guy's a gun enthusiast too. Oh, boy. I don't know what to say. Prayers of protection for her. She's going to need it. All right. That's what she's going to need. Okay. So, how many of you have been to the circus? How many of you have been to the circus? That's what I'd like to know. How many of you have been to the circus? Because there's a person here who is a clown. All right, a big clown. And here he is. <sighs> I hear some of you guys still think the Weight Watchers is just for there you, there you. Even though I, Sir Charles, have been telling you that Weight Watchers has helped me lose 42 pounds and counting. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I could take. That's all I could take. <laughs> that's all I could take. Oh gosh. Oh, all right, let's let's get into the video. Let's get into the next video. Oh boy. That's the person who's trying to go who uh who, you know, threw Kyrie Irving under the bus. That's the guy. I just want to let you know. Him, Shaquille O'Neal, and I forgot the other guy. They all wore dresses. Every last one of them wore dresses. All right? Let's just uh, get into the, um, the story right here. How uh, Mr. Charles Barkley wants to talk about Dave Chappelle and Kyrie Irving. Oh, boy. I hope I can hold back the vomit. Mr. Charles Barkley, good morning to you, sir. I really appreciate you joining us. Of course, Don. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Why so outspoken? 
especially when it comes to this issue, you, you know, even as a, someone who is, you're covering sports, but you're speaking out about issues that have to do with culture and society. Why so outspoken about this? Well, I, I, Don, I don't like that word outspoken because I hope anybody who sees racism in any form whatsoever should stand up. Whether it's against a black person, a Hispanic person, a Jewish person, uh, uh, Asian, Asian hate's going a big deal in this country. So you didn't think it was racism having you put in a dress, Mr. Barkley, making you look like a buffoon, having yourself emasculated for the world to see? You don't see that as a form of racism, sir? Hmm? Country right now. So anybody should try to do the right thing. If you see something wrong when it comes to race, or homophobic or sexist, you should always say something. So, I, and I'm always gonna do that. I don't care about the repercussions. If I see something wrong happening, Don, uh, I'm gonna say something. How do you think the league should deal with it? Because it, listen, he's still on suspension, but how do you think the league should deal with it? The reason I ask is because, you know, everyone is speaking out about it. Kyrie Irving is facing, you know, what he's facing, um, but the league let him go for a long time. They, they, sort of are forcing him to apologize, but what if these are his real beliefs? Should they be dealing with that as well? Maybe they have someone who actually believes these things. I'm not saying it's right. Instead of forcing him to apologize, maybe they should be dealing with that, that part of it. Actually, that's a great question, uh, Don. People have the right to feel and say what they want to. We have freedom of speech, but there are repercussions when you say certain things. Uh, listen, I don't know Kyrie Irving. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. What did he say, Mr. Barkley? He just posted a tweet on face on uh, Twitter, a link that is belonging to Amazon, and the CEO president is Jewish. Barkley, what did he say about Jewish people? He didn't say anything wrong. And the uh, committee that wants to hold Mr. You know. Irving, quote unquote, accountable. Why aren't they holding the CEO, uh, president of Amazon, accountable for having that type of material, Hebrews to Negroes link, on their site? Why aren't they? I heard on Amazon you could even order Mein Kampf, which is Hitler's book, My Struggle. They should be going after them, uh, after the CEO, president of Amazon, instead of Kyrie Irving. Don't you think so, Mr. Barkley? I think he's been suspended. Rightfully so. And I think he should come back and play in the NBA. But, you know, that's a really slippery slope because, you know, people always talk about freedom of speech, freedom of, 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 of effect, well, you say whatever you want to, but there are repercussions. I mean, and he, he's paying for that right now, but this thing with free speech has really gotten out of hand, done. I mean, you just can't go around insulting people and think it's okay just because it's freedom of speech. Who did he insult, Barkley? Who did he insult? He's reading the script. I wonder how much they paid him. Well, people say, well, listen, if I don't get to say what I say, it's cancel culture. And I don't know if you, you probably do not agree with that. You know, I'm not, a, I'm, I don't like using the term council culture because I don't want anybody counsel, counsel. But <laughs> you should be called to the carpet if you said something wrong. No, I don't believe. What did he say? Mr. Barkley, what did he say? Somebody should lose their job or things like that. But 
you just, you should be called out if you said something stupid. Hey, I've been called out many times. I have no problem with that. But I hate the term council culture because very few people are council. Let's be honest and realistic. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Can I ask something real quick that I didn't think? Did you uh, maybe you didn't see it, so you might not be able to answer? Did you see SNL? Did you see Dave Chappelle his monologue? I I, I did not. Oh, here we go. Yeah. But I listen. Let me just say this. Uh, I'm a Dave Chappelle fan. I have a really strict line on racism, sexism, homophobic things like that. It's just wrong. Uh, it's nothing to joke about. It's a very serious subject. You know, Don, it's crazy. I'm almost 60 years old, and I grew up in Alabama, you know, and obviously I know about Montgomery, Selma, Birmingham. 60 years old, and your grandkids probably have to see you in a dress for a Weight Watchers commercial. 60 years old, and your grandkids got to see that. It's just saying. I'm just saying. Things like that. To still be having racial conversations 60 years later, and we're debating whether people have the right to say it and joke about it. It's, it's really, it makes, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, it makes me, it makes me mad, but it really just makes me sad that. It wasn't sad for you to wear a dress. All right. We're having these conversations, Mr. Barkley, because we're dealing in a country where, you know, racism has always been prevalent. The dominant society, the ones in power, are the ones who are racist and see blacks that are inferior, especially in the Republican and Democratic Party. They got this different ways of showing it to you. Okay? That's, that's how it is, Mr. Barkley. You should know that. 60 years later, we're still saying having racial conversations 60 years later. And almost, a, look, almost a devil, more than a devil. Yes, we're still having it because we're still having hate crimes. We still have sundown towns, Mr. Barkley. I hate to say it, but some athletes, look, Brittany Renner is right about athletes. They're not that smart. They are not that smart at all. Decade ago, I do have to say, and then I'll let you guys jump in here because I don't want to have the conversation. One of the first people to contact me after I came out was this man mm. right here. And that was over a decade ago. So these issues are really important. And you always stand up for people's individual rights. Well, you know, Don, first of all, I, one thing that always has disturbed me as a black person, which really bothers me about the- Another thing also about Dave Chappelle, all right, he's a closer, all right? He's the person you send in to soften the tensions between the opposing parties. In this case, the blacks and the Jews. Okay, when it came to Kanye West's um, nonsense that he was saying, all right? Uh, other than that, you know, Dave didn't say, say anything anti-Semitic. People were trying to cancel him because they want... To stay, they don't want you talking about their dirty work. Okay, they don't want you talking about how they have in Israel, how they have sterilized Ethiopian women. All right, without their consent, how they've driven out 
um, black immigrants out of Israel, how they treated people who have uh, Jewish blood in them who are black. Okay. They don't want you talking about the Babylonian Talmud, which they hi highly esteem. They highly esteem it over the Torah. And that is the book, how they treat people who are not, who are Gentile, especially those who are black. If you ever want to know about how they think about you as a Gentile, read the Babylonian Talmud. Okay. And not all Jedi are bad, but the ones in power and the ones in Israel they make sure that they control the narrative of what you see, what goes on in Israel. All right. I remember vividly of um, a story of an Israeli medic who let a Palestinian boy bleed out. Nothing happened to him. That same Israeli, that same Israeli medic, Israeli military, went from mosque to mosque killing Muslims. One mosque, he went to the gun jams. He couldn't finish off the job, so the wounded, wounded Muslims beat that guy to death. He died. Israeli government tried to cover it from the world media, but it too late, it came out. All right? Till this day, that is that Israeli medic is looked upon as a hero in Israel, in parts of Israel. Never mind that he was the villain. They look at him as the hero, saying whoever he killed, they deserved it. That is the that is all from rooted in the Talmud, how they see non-Jedi people. And Mr. Barkley is their puppet. Kyrie Irving situation and the Kanye West situation. And I said this before, I said it again. The only thing good about this Kanye West, Kyrie Irving situation is you could see a person could still be a slave in a million dollar Brooks Brothers suit, especially these black slaves. First of all, being black in America is already hard enough. And for us to go at other ethnic groups just makes things worse because it's hard enough being black. And one thing has always disappointed me, black people treat gay people, we are the worst when it comes to treating gay people. And that's one thing growing up, it really always bothers me. And I want to reach out to you and all my gay friends, all my transgender friends, and tell you, man, I got nothing but love and respect. Listen, let's, let's say something straight. These alphabet people want to take over, all right? They want to take over. They want to impose their lifestyle on you and they want your kids. So there's a reason why you have blacks who are woke, who are really woke, understand the agenda from the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party says you could be black, pro-black, but you got to be pro-everything else, even pro-alphabet lifestyles that are going to destroy the black community. They want your kids. They want to adopt your kids. There's even been incidents of same, uh, alphabet foster parents turning out black foster children. I wonder if Mr. Barkley's even informed on that. Like I said, 
This man is a puppet. Okay? The man's a puppet. This man, right? I'm seeing a talking 60-year-old black puppet. It's so sad. It is so sad. This is Uncle Ruckus right here in true form. Respect for you. I want you to be you. And I wanted you to know that that day, because I understand being black, what it's like being gay, because you get mistreated. And it's really unfortunate and sad and stupid, to be honest with you. Yeah, you could understand, Mr. Barkley, because you were seen kissing a very old man, lip to lip, mouth to mouth in pictures. Oh, yeah, you could understand you in those dresses. Who knows what else you've been doing? In those dresses. With certain types of men. Oh, yeah, you understand well. Charles, you mentioned your home state of Alabama. We both share that. Thank you for that, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that's really, that's a lovely, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, obviously, you're an Auburn fan. I'm an Alabama fan, so we disagree there. But you live in Arizona now, and I wonder what you make of, of the election <laughs> results that we've been talking about this morning and what happened in the state that you live in now. Well, Kayla, number one, I don't want to talk about Auburn right now. It's, that's a very touchy subject. <laughs> But I don't want to hear nothing more from Mr. Barkley. All right. I really don't. But this man. Like I said, it's a plantation, man. It's a plantation. Left or right, it's a plantation for Negroes. That's what it is. Basically, it is to shut up and dribble. And if you dare step out of the matrix, we'll have one of your own turn on you and be our spokesperson. Anything you want to know about this channel in the description box. I'm signing off. Later. Our talk radio, live in 4K.